1: What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 19th edition of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to talk some big NBA news. Yogi Farrell re-signed with the Mavs. Just kidding. We're going to talk about some Kawhi Leonard action. Let me do so. is Ryan Knoss. What's up, man?
2: Oh, uh, man. The uh, the NBA never sleeps. Just when you think, you know, everything's... There's kind of a lull in free agency. Boom. Kawhi Leonard gets traded to the Raptors.
1: Yep. And it's funny because the... Usually... When i was a kid really before like the SBs and like the the, the espies were designed to go on the day after the all-star break because it was widely viewed as like a dead day in the sports calendar like there was nothing legit going on that day usually like the big four sports because baseball's not on and so on and so forth and like kawaii got traded and manny machado got who's like an all-star play all-star superstar player he got traded he got traded to la i wish kawaii could go there um, but, um, yeah, so there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about, and if, if you missed it, I did a, a pretty fun breakdown of Kawhi, if you're into stats and stuff, and I'm sure I'll be using some of these in this pod today, but we're just going to talk about the Kawhi Leonard thing, and one main point I made yesterday was, like, uncertainty's a killer, uh, if you're going to do a fantasy draft, like, if your top two or three picks, I really don't like questions. Uh, I want a guy, and like I always say, the the guys that are going to be the best bet to give you 75 games, I will take you. Kawhi's never played 75 games. Coming off a total waste of a season last year. Um, He's had this quad issue before, and like all this stuff that's come out since the Kawhi drama started with Michael C. Wright saying that Kawhi was basically sequestered, I think the term he used, away from front office people in New York City. Uh, I know Matt Tynan, does he covered the Spurs a little while ago, and he had all these horror stories about Kawhi, and I don't know, like, he's not going where he wants to go, we saw Chris Haynes said that Kawhi has, quote, no desire to be there, Uh, I saw Rick Buecher, who's been kind of out of the loop, but he said a few years ago when he was in the loop, that Kawhi hates the cold, Um, there's just so many things that, like, it's not obviously not as bad, but... I mean, he's not in a great spot, and there's so many questions. And as great as he is, like, Kawhi's a top five player. I don't think you're going to, like, yeah. But um, even, like, when Kawhi's when he's rolling, he's arguably a top three guy in fantasy and in reality. So yeah. I, I, I can't do it. Um, like, if he's there it's 17 or 18, okay, and I took him in our, our mock um, before the whole drama. Went, it was, like, two days before the drama went down or something. Uh, I took him at 21... And, like, that's a little... I'd probably go a little earlier. Like, I had said after the top 10, so, like, 12 to 18, you're going to be looking at guys like... uh, I'd rather have Drew Holiday. I'd rather have Paul George. I'd rather have Jimmy Butler. But then I'd start looking at Kawhi. Then you're looking at, like, Chris Paul, Kawhi, kind of in that
2: range. Yeah, he's... I mean, you hit a lot of good points, and he's a tough sell for me for all those reasons. Because, as you said, with your first or second pick, you really can't take a guy... Who just has huge question marks? We don't know. He, the Spurs were, as everyone knows, a model of consistency for decades, literally, and then suddenly he, you know, uh, he roiled the waters and basically stonewalled them. Felt that the medical staff had given him bad advice, blah blah blah. But also, we just don't know a lot of what went on. We don't know many details at all about his injury. Uh, haven't heard much about his rehab, have yet to see him on the court playing any competitive games. So if I'm drafting right now, I'm probably pushing into the 20, 25 range, something like that. Um, you could talk about his on-court fit, but th- that's a totally different story. W- what we've got is a guy who played nine games last year, doesn't want to play for this team, and is on a one-year contract. So, yeah, there's just too many variables for me. I almost guarantee that in- any early mocks I do, before and he could help his stock by playing in the Team USA mini camp which is coached by Pop uh that'll be fun. Um he could help himself by saying healthy preseason training camp, but right now I would guarantee that I'm not drafting him. Yeah, pretty much. I
1: mean, if okay, so let's make the case for him. The, the Spurs are shady. Uh, we know this. They are routinely the shadiest team, maybe the Kings and Grizzlies recently, but year after year, and that's by design. They like to keep their cards close to the vest and all that stuff. They don't want you to know anything. Um, Pop really started the whole DMP rest thing. We know this, but so that I guess being out of that situation and not having the shadiness involved from the Spurs, it, I guess is a positive. But still, again, this guy hasn't been very healthy. Whether. It's not like... He hasn't had this quad shooting thing many... It was 2013 he had it, and then obviously last year. But, like, it's like broken hands or ankle sprains. Nothing, like, chronically bad, like a bad back or something along those lines. So, I mean, there's definitely a case to make for him. Uh, And, I mean, like, two years ago, I mean, uh, he he was just ridiculous. Uh, 26.6 boards, four dimes, almost two steals, two threes on a 49.88 shooting percentage. Um, Two turnovers. He's one of... Uh, only one player had a 62 shooting and 25 points per game with few, uh, fewer than his 2.1 turnovers, Kiki Vandeweghe, uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, like he's insane, and like you look at his like his synergy stats, like all like 90 percentile or better, pretty much on like every play type. He's just insanely good. So, yeah. but yeah, it, it's just if we like you said, if we get more answers to these questions that we have obviously health being number one and if he's gonna be like we're concerned he's gonna show up for training camp like it's not a big concern but that's that's not cool <laughs> um yes. so yeah we'll see again like as you said he's gonna probably drift up to I-, I can't see him going top 10 though like we were talking just before we hopped on like you can't take him before dane you can't take him before old depot you can't take him before curry you can't take him before lebron I can't take him before Gobert. I would still rather have Drew Holiday. I
2: think I'm kind of alone on that. Y- Jokic is ahead of him. Oh,
1: Jokic is way ahead of him. Yeah,
2: obviously. Yeah, Giannis, Harden, Towns, Davis. Yeah. So there's just plenty of of guys to go. Especially yeah. if you're if you're talking top ten. I, yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I think Paul I don't George is easily
1: ahead of him. Um, and I would take Jimmy Butler too, uh, which maybe we'll have time to talk about. But yeah, he is. He's got some work to do.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, and but, but as you've said, obviously, if he shows that he's healthy and he shows some desire to play in Toronto, this is a guy who had top four value two consecutive years before last year per game. Again, he, he, he has had a history of missing a lot of games. But I think he's in a good real-world position. Um, you know, we've got to kind of see how much Nick Nurse changes uh, offensive schemes and whatnot. But you're talking about a guy... One of the most efficient scorers in the league, as you pointed out, uh, joining a team that was the third most efficient offense last year. I mean, they could potentially, if Kawhi is completely healthy and he's a you know a natural fit with the roster, they could potentially overtake Houston and Golden State as the most efficient offense in the NBA, which is wild because those are. I mean, we're talking about two incredible, stacked offensive teams. Um, so there's, there, there are positive things you'd look at, especially from a real-world point of view, where the, the Raptors may very well be the favorites in the East if Kawhi is healthy. But we keep that, I mean, how many times have we already said, if Kawhi is healthy? <laughs> it's, it, it all hinges on that, and that's too scary for me to, to touch him. All right, so we'll talk rosters in a
1: second. Let's talk about the other key player in this trade, that's DeMar DeRozan who is basically the reverse of Kawhi as far as durability goes. Uh, you look at the last eight seasons, he's missed an average of just 5.2 games. That's including he had one bad knee injury that really skewed that. If you take that season out, like he's like Mr. 80 games. Um, and then he played 36 minutes a game. So those two numbers Kawhi has never hit. Uh, he's always missed more than 5.2 games, and he's never hit 35.6 minutes per game. Um, so the guy's just out there. Obviously, last year we saw his minutes come down, but this guy still put up big numbers. You and I are not DeRozan people, Um, although that may have changed a little bit last year because we really saw at least some output in threes, and um, the assists were way up. So he wasn't just a pure score guy. Obviously, the steals had never really been there for DeRozan. And one thing that was interesting before this trade was like, oh, they're going to put DeRozan on primary ball handlers. Moot point now. But I thought that was interesting that, 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 oh, we're going to put him on primary ball handlers. Oh, yeah, we're going to trade you, actually. Um, yeah. But fifth round, like he's kind of just a safe guy. I think he's gonna have no problem being a top 45, 50 guy. Um, I don't really see him being a crazy like good fit. Uh, and then also, we're gonna see a lot of mid-range shots. The uh, Marcus was first in mid-range attempts, and DeRozan mm-hmm. was third. So there, it's just a very anti twenty eighteen analytics offense. Um, Rudy Gay, as well as another guy, who shoots mid ranges too. So. Um, yeah, like I said, he, he's going to be a fine fit, but just not my cup of tea. I mean, maybe he could, Do you think he can get better, I guess, is the question?
2: Um, no, I, I think we've seen – well, I, I guess I shouldn't discredit him because I didn't expect the three-point range to get there. Guys constantly talk about uh, expanding the range in the offseason, and it rarely happens yeah, to where it what, translates where on sits, the court.
1: He made 700 three-pointers or something, like whatever it was last summer.
2: <laughs> yeah, but 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 we also heard oh Marcus Smart made two thousand in, <laughs> yeah. in an hour. Like who cares? Um, but yeah, so Derozan. I, w- one thing, one part of his game that you didn't, I don't think you mentioned, was his free throws. He's a huge high volume free throw guy. So hopefully that'll go up in San Antonio. Um, we'll see. I I see him getting. Uh, Usage rate of 30-plus, because who else is going to score the ball? They have LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously. Um, But that doesn't really bode well either, because as you mentioned, they both love mid-range game. So are they going to slow it down and try to play more half-court? Do they try to speed it up with Tejonte and DeMar in the backcourt? I don't know. I do know that he's coming from a team with the 13th fastest pace in the league, and he's going to the team with the 29th fastest pace. So... You know, his usage rate should be comparable. There there are good things, but I'm with you. I, I see him as a 50, you know, right in the 50s in terms of fantasy value.
1: Yeah, he hit 47, 9-cat uh, value per game last year. So, like, that's kind of where I'd have him again. But, again, the durability's big. Um, so, I don't think, I, I've never, when Quinton Rosen gets picked in the mocks, he's, like, never in my top five. Um, yeah, actually, you're never
2: disappointed to yeah. see him come off the board.
1: And actually, Tommy got a pretty good value on him in the walk we did. He went one, two, three, uh, round five, mid-five. So yeah, that's kind of where he's going. That's where he yep. should
2: go. Seems like a sweet spot. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, uh, okay, what's, what, what team do you want to talk about first? Raptors? I guess the Raptors came first um, in, the, sure. in yeah, time yeah. The millions and millions of years ago, whatever it is. Or or just thousands of year ago, thousands of year ago, according to some people. Um, anyways, um, um, let's let's talk about the front court because I think losing Jakob Pertl is key um, on two fronts. One, the Raptors really talked about playing Serge at the five more, and I think that is the big takeaway here from the Jakob Pertl thing going away. So whether they bring him off the bench or anything like that, like Surge is going to log many more minutes at. The five spot which means which also helps his value a guy wasn't really drafting who I've kind of been on the fence on um just trended down he's not looked great um he, he it, it just starting to show up on him but um mm-hmm. I think Pascal Siakam's kind of on the board like late round pick I could see him a, uh be a block steal and three guy I think he can hit double digit scoring this year he was he showed flashes I like what I saw briefly over the summer um and he, he was a Ball. He was uh, practicing with I think uh, Harden, like at some camp or something. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So I like that. So um, and then Balotelli is uh, more solid now. Um, more likely yeah. to close. So um, yeah, I, I like JV. I think he got um, Jared took him kind of late. Uh, oh yeah,
2: round six, late six or early six.
1: That's good. I'm good with him in round six.
2: If you need yeah him, that's man that seems fair i actually thought he would have fallen earlier prior to this trade um but he definitely is solidified here uh you saw the raptors coaching staff had a little more faith in him last year late in games which is a huge plus dwayne casey was a thorn in his side for years (laughs) and years as every fantasy owner knows so he he's no longer there so that's a plus um and really yeah you're right who do the raptors have behind him at this point um because I I I believe Lucas Naguer is unrestricted. Is that right? Uh
1: yeah, I don't so. think they're, not, I don't, they're gonna or is unguaranteed money or something like that. Like he may not yeah, be make so sure. Yeah, so like he's not, not even not there. Exactly, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I yeah, I'm I'm guessing this boosts Ibaka and Valanchunas almost an equal measure.
1: Yep. Would you? So we like uh, JV in round six. What about Surge? Uh, let's see. He went and he went late. He went one, two, three, four, five.
2: ninth round. Yeah. oh man I'll take him there yeah <laughs> he, only, he, he only missed six games last year he gives you blocks I mean of yes they've declined for what six consecutive years now or something crazy yeah. um you know he's not the player he once was but he'll give you boards he'll give you blocks uh doesn't really hurt you anywhere you know solid percentages and I do expect you know he averaged 27.5 minutes last year I'm expecting that to be more maybe 28 hovering around 30 um so, yeah, I'm, I'm into him. It's a, maybe seventh round, somewhere in there.
1: Very fantasy-friendly game. Still got a little life left in those legs. Um, let's talk about the guards. Let's start with Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry gained a good amount of value here. Uh, I dug in on uh, some assisted numbers, and let's see what that was again. It, but whatever it was, like DeMar DeRozan is unassisted a bunch, and Kawhi mm. was at 52.4% unassisted last year. Rosen was it was in the 70s. I forget what the number was. Uh, I don't know, it's 68.1. There we go. So you're talking about 16% unassisted differential. That's pretty big. Um, and then also factor in Kawhi's more likely to miss games. So I love Lowry now. Like I he uh, Tommy took him mid fourth. I thought that was one of the biggest steals of the draft. Like late third, I'm in on Lowry for sure. Like I could I'm, I see myself drafting him quite a bit.
2: Yeah, he. I mean, he's flirted with first round value in nine cap before. Um, kind of a down year last year because the Raptors cut his minutes a little bit, and I expect that will continue. You uh, do more, You think they're gonna cut
1: into it more? You think they're gonna?
2: No, no. I I than. just think where he where he was last year is probably where he'll be minute wise. But yeah. I agree. I think adding Kawhi and you know sort of swapping out for Demar just gives him a more efficient wing player who will draw even more attention defensively, and yeah, should hopefully rekindle his game and. Um, and he he can fill it up. I mean, Lowry's a uh, potential triple double guy. Some nights he's I, I've always loved his fantasy game. So, uh, where did you say he went in the mock? The Mid-fourth? fourth,
1: yeah. Wow,
2: yeah, that was I don't know. I, I was sleeping on him, I guess. Yeah. Well, you didn't have a chance to pick. You were picking early and late oh, in yeah. round four. So he went, and I've I taken pick... two point guards. I think already by then. So yeah, I would take. I you took John. I would. This may be a
1: hot take. I would take Lowry over John Wall. Yeah, I took John Wall way too. Early yeah, you did. I was kid. surprised. I was like, I was like, what? I didn't see that coming." Usually, I'm uh, on on your picks.
2: Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know what I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I apologize. It's all right. You,
1: can... you uh, like, I meant to say I wouldn't draft John Wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, so we're in on Lowry. The other big takeaway for me here is Danny Green's in this mix, and the two point guard lineups were a big staple. In this rotation last year both um, Fred VanVleet and Dewan Wright led the Raptors in fourth quarter minutes per game last year at 9.0 per each um, they played about seven minutes next to each other they both played around six minutes next to Lowry like that's gonna go down now uh, now that they have added a wing in Danny Green who's gonna play and probably gonna start um, who's pro- I mean I could see him playing similar amount of minutes uh, like, l- lowish ish 20s, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I guess he can play around 25 again. What
2: do you think? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could see him playing 25, but that's not nearly enough for me to touch him. I mean... Right. He basically did nothing but 3 and D last year. He shot 38.7%, which is second worst of his career. Uh, he's on the wrong side of 30, and the Raptors have a roster that includes Ananobi, uh, Miles there... Uh Delon right, Norman Powell, and and as you said, they like to run two guard lineups with Fred Van Vliet in there. So I, I don't even know that he can get twenty five, honestly. Even even if he starts. So there's too many too many issues there.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much I would have been interested in drafting Delon with like my last pick, but now I can't. Um obviously O is probably the biggest loser from this situation, who we saw have kind of defensive flashes. Uh, he had a very disappointing summer league to me. Uh, I expected him to make some thr- uh, some strides offensively. Yeah. Did not happen at all. Like he looked like a rookie for a guy who logs significant minutes guarding LeBron a lot. Like he did not look like that guy. So, yeah, pretty much big takeaways. We like the Raptor bigs. We love Lowry, and then after that, we're like and then we don't like Kawhi, I guess. And then steering clear after that sums it up.
2: Yeah, much. and and we're not even talking about Norman Powell this yeah. summer, which which is crazy. But yeah, he's he's nowhere to be seen. Fantasy wise,
1: I also said I wouldn't draft Norman Powell last year just to make that. Clear. There you go. <laughs> we're all about clarifications yeah, on this pod. Yeah, and I, spot. I said Marquise Chris wouldn't have a good uh, wouldn't have a good year last year. <laughs> like we're just getting all this straightened out. Um, okay. <sighs> Anyways, uh, let's switch over to. The Spurs, uh, losers, lots of losers. Uh, one, DeRozan's durability is a negative on guys like LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, who had a spectacular season last year. Stayed healthy, big usage rate, efficient. It was just a tremendous year from him. Uh, loser here. Uh, he went the second round of our mock, which I thought was way too early. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not taking him, man. Like, even round three, I'm still not taking him. Like, last year was a perfect storm. This guy always misses games. Uh, he's going to have to drop in usage like he was at 29 something uh last year and it was 24 the year before that when Kawhi had an awesome season so like he's going to be 24 25 usage rate and other stats are going to go down too like i think his
2: us uh his non scoring stats will go down as well yeah i mean you you basically summed it up um he can and will play center minutes which so i i'm not worried about his playing time uh, cuz the spurs don't really have too much there with well, pound and So yeah, I don't know. I don't think his minutes are going up. Put it that way. And you're right. It's not like you're just swapping out Kawhi for Demar Derozan because Kawhi didn't play last year. So it's just a direct hit to Aldridge's value. Yeah.
1: Um, Rudy Gay. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to play a lot of four. Uh, I think he's going to spell, and they have to play him. They have to stagger him from really those two guys as much as they can. Um, so I, you would assume he's the favorite to start and even though he can play and he will play a lot of four kind of like the kind of like surge where he may start but he's going to play a good amount of minutes like surge start at the four play a lot of fives gay start at the three play a little more at the four at times but um yeah i'm not really interested like i thought he, he was surprisingly solid last year coming up the achilles but yeah i'm i'm just not in on it i don't really yeah no thanks
2: yeah, I, li- I like Rudy Gay. It was, it was cool to see him succeed coming off a serious Achilles injury last year. But same thing. I mean, he averaged 22 minutes last year. He's not going to play more than 25 a game, right? I don't think so. Yeah, so that's it. His that you know, fantasy value in the bag, maybe as a final round pick. Um, and I don't know. if he's, Whether or not he starts will be very interesting. Because Pop talked a lot last year about how he needed that scoring punch off the bench. And you look at the projected second unit, there's not a ton of scoring, especially if Manu doesn't return. Uh, Patty Mills is there. Pirtle now, they've, they've added a good, efficient scorer. But there's just not too much. So I, I think even if he starts, they're going to try, as you said, to stagger him, get him in the second unit.
1: If, uh, I don't know who else. I guess uh, an option would be starting DeRozan at the three. And then maybe even Bellinelli at the two. Um I don't think that they can't start Lonnie Walker yet, as great as he looked. Um, but yeah, I guess we could talk about that. So I'm not like, do we want to talk about Dante Cunningham at all? I don't think so. Uh, not particularly, but <laughs> he's, yeah, uh, he's going to be in the
2: rotation. But
1: yeah, what about Jakob Purtle? Uh, and by the way, Cunningham played a good amount of five last year for the Nets, so that's uh, of note. I thought Jakob Purtle, who we were in on, like we we loved like plugging him in here and there, like he was like kind of a, a super streamer in some shallower leagues. Um, I know you had written this big thing about, like, how he's Mr. Consistency
2: and then, like, he, like, fell apart down the stretch. Like, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried how, um, how he Mike, finished. Mike, Mike, th- I think you misread it. it. I said that he wasn't Mr. Consistency <laughs> and then he fell apart.
1: Dude, we gotta keep, we gotta keep this going. Like, I, I love that. Look <laughs> at just take back all our bad takes. <laughs> no, yeah, it was
2: something like he, he had had a block in, like, 16 straight yeah, games yeah, and, and then I wrote about it and then he went four straight games without a block. I'm like, how does that even happen? But, nice. Yeah, anyway.
1: I'm not in on, on Pertle. Yeah, it, it I just hurts don't see it hurts the playing Gasol time. The shade. What's like, up? It makes Casal more likely to sit now that you're going to draft him anyways.
2: Yeah, very true. And I, uh, I like this from a real-world point of view. I think yeah. the Spurs did, did well to extract DeRozan and Pertle in a potential first-round pick, although more likely it'll convey as two second-rounders. Um, so I like it from a real world perspective, but I don't think it does Perdle many favors for fantasy to go to a slow team where he's playing behind potentially two veterans in Aldridge and Pascal. Yep.
1: Uh, pretty much like avoiding that. Like we like the Raptors' bigs, but we really don't like the Spurs' bigs. Okay, so the their guard depth is kind of thin now uh, with Danny Green going away. So this is inter- This is the most interesting part to me, because we saw Derek White kill it um, over. Uh, in Utah and spots in Vegas, more so in Utah. Um, Lonnie Walker, I thought played solid, but he's not. I don't think he's NBA ready yet. But long term, uh, long term, it actually hurts his value because DeRozan's more of a roadblock now than Kawhi is. Um, anyways, I'll, I want to see what happens here. I want to. I'd actually uh, let's talk to Dejounte really quick. Um, I was in on Dejounte. I think he's a mild loser now, but um, I still see myself drafting him though. Um, I think he's gonna work with his post break numbers of. You know, around eleven points, two steals, uh, pretty solid from the field. Not going to shoot many threes. Um, maybe his assist numbers come up. He's going to be an elite round, uh, elite rebounding guard. So I'm kind of in on him. I took him in, I think round in round nine, early nine. Um, and I would do it again.
2: Yeah, that's a good spot for him. It'd be nice if his free throw percentage wasn't a net negative, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could see him taking the next step. You need more assists. You need better free throw percentage if you can. And you need some three-pointers, really. So he's a, he's a curious player because he's got some really strong uh, fantasy assets, but they're not in your typical what you would think you're going to get from a from a, a guard. So, but yeah, maybe, maybe he next, uh, takes the next step. And I could see the Spurs, you know, kind of putting a lot of faith in him this year and turning him loose. Yeah. Um, So, that's about right. I'd probably take him around 100.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay, so
2: who's going to fill in? Like, Bellinelli, peg him for 20
1: minutes? Is that about right?
2: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of those guys. Like, like Patty Mills, plug him in for 20. Uh, Lonnie Walker, I I would imagine, starts with very low uh, and then ramps up as the season goes on. Brandon Paul? I I don't know that the Spurs have made a decision on his non-guaranteed deal yet. Maybe they have. They
1: have until August 1st to do so and they're undecided according to Jabari Young yesterday actually. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, pretty much we're in wait-and-see mode but like I kind of hinted at, I'm interested to see what happens with Derek White. Uh, This guy kind of came out of nowhere in college and had a big season at Colorado and again, he had one of the most impressive summer leagues maybe excluding the guys like Josh Hart and so forth. But, well, he was a mm-hmm. star of Utah, put it that way. So, yeah, it's pretty much just wait and see. But, obviously, you're not drafting Bellinel or anything like that. But uh, And maybe this does help DeJounte, because if they are going to play two point guard lineups with Patty Mills or something like that, because, obviously, Murray has the link to play um, the two, maybe even the three, which I long, with how long he is, um, in some smaller lineups. So, yeah, DeJounte, I think, s- gains slight value. Uh, if you factor in the um, Walter Rosen being there is a uh, slight negative, but... Yeah, um, yeah. I think just losing Danny Green and opening up more minutes could help him.
2: One one big issue I have with the Spurs is the, the the pop factor, where he tends to run pretty deep, kind of almost conservative. If that's the right word, rotations. Where like last season, for instance, you saw only one player, Lamarcus Aldridge, averaged more than twenty six point seven minutes per game. That's it. There was one player who averaged more than 26.7 per game. So the fantasy value is just not going to be there. LaMarcus obviously had a terrific year, top 20. The other guy within the top uh, 100 was Kyle Anderson at 76, according to Basketball Monster. should have mentioned that, by the way, that Kyle Anderson's out. forgot to add that in there. (laughs) Yeah, he's another guy, right, opening up some minutes for guys like uh, Cunningham, Gates, uh, that, that sort of thing. But then from there, it falls down to Pau Gasol, who's basically undraftable. Uh, danny green who's gone rudy gay blah blah so it's just that uh, guys playing 20 to 25 minutes a game is just not enough really to get it done typically in uh in nine count
1: yeah but i mean i i think DeJounte will hit 26 this year like i think he can get to 28
2: yeah i think he'll be an ascendant guy right could probably go from what did he average after the break do you have that on hand Uh,
1: it was it was 24 point something i want to say
2: yeah, so you gotta think that goes up. He's probably flirting with 26, 28 a game, which is which should be enough for you know top top on 20 at least.
1: 29.6 actually. So yeah, he should get there. Mm, okay. 19.4 pre-break, 29.6 post. Damn, there and you that, go. See. You know, 10.5, 6.7 boards, 3.1 dimes. That'll come up. Two, two yeah. point of steals. That's what really buoyed his value. And he was still 71% from the line. Uh, it's not obviously gonna kill you. But, oh, this is actually uh, kind of a weird split I'm just looking at. Uh, in wins, he shot 66%. and losses, he shot 78%. So go ahead and <laughs> lose all those games first. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's ten, 10 points per game as a starter. Looks, looks pretty solid. Uh, anybody else that we didn't touch on yet? I think we kind of got everybody.
2: Yeah, because we don't even know if Manu's going to be there. and yeah, uh, we, we, have. we haven't talked about uh, David Bertans, I Oh, Davis
1: Bertans, yeah. What do you... Um, I thought it was interesting. I, it made it pretty clear they're like we trust him, would they trust Kyle Anderson? Uh, yeah. And I guess maybe that's their ace in the hole who can shoot. Like he's really their best shooting forward. Uh, like three so point it,
2: shooting. Yeah, they're going to give him combo forward minutes. Is, a, is that what we're thinking?
1: Yeah, I'd say he plays more for um, next up yeah. Marcus at the five. I think that's kind of the, the staple. Line yeah. Gonna use him. Any
2: any fantasy interests there for? No. Yeah. Seconded. Yep. All right, anything else? Uh, I think that
1: sums it up. I think so, too. Um, we got time. I wanted to talk quickly about what Kat said yesterday. Uh, It was one of the most surprising quotes. And, like, just the actual quote itself doesn't really tell the story. But, like, his body language and the way he said it, like, that you tied it into the fact that there was the whole Jimmy Butler thing, that being, quote, unquote, fed up with Kat. And I should add, I've mentioned um, Joe Crowley, who wrote that report. Um, who, he's kind of a shock jock, I guess. Like, he writes these stories it just makes you, like, worry about stuff a lot. But, I was kind of going through his receipts, and he had a report, um, before the, uh, Kyrie Irving issue with him leaving the Cavs. It was, <laughs> like, Jimmy Butler was being advised not to go to the Cavs because Kyrie Irving might leave. So, like, he's got, he's got the receipts. So, um, credit to him there. But anyways, um, obviously this doesn't, my takeaway is, like, yo, Tibbs has to go. Like, that's what I get from this. Like, Kat, uh sure, he has defensive issues. He's still young. Like, he's a, a legit max player. You see these guys who, like, you know, maybe you should max them. Like, you max, Kat. Uh, this guy hasn't missed a freaking game yet. But, um, yeah, like, it just, he said he had to talk about some things. He didn't mention anybody by name, but obviously this is tied to Tibbs and Butler. So, um, and yeah, it made it, it made it seem like he didn't want to really be in Minnesota long term to me
2: yeah you can anyone listen to this can go on twitter and probably find that quote pretty easily darren, but he basically darren said, Wilson. it's on darren wolfson's twitter i retweeted it if you want to hop on my twitter and just get from me yeah there you go and uh, he basically said he's proud of what he's done in Minnesota. And then the the money quote was, but I've had a lot of things that have to be talked about. So he was noncommittal. But as Mike mentioned, his body language was discouraging at best. Um, he's reportedly been in uh, Max extension talks. And in late June, it was reported that the Wolves were optimistic he'd sign. But then this report came out that Jimmy Butler's fed up with the nonchalant attitude of his teammates and specifically Cat. Um, so maybe that's making him hesitant to sign, especially because right in the wake of that, the Wolves offered Butler a max contract. Uh, he, he declined it because he can make more money next summer, but obviously they're willing to commit to Butler. And if he's being critical of towns, maybe that's causing friction. We don't really know right now. Um, but yeah, the Wolves have to do anything in their power to, to get Towns under contract for five years, right? Yeah. This is a, a small market team that's not going to be able to land a young, emergent superstar. Who cares if he occasionally looks nonchalant defensively? You could train that out of him. They have to keep him, and I don't know. Yeah, if, if Tibbs is a roadblock, then he's got to go. That's, it's yeah. as simple as that. But yeah. I, I don't I don't know that to be the case. But
1: And I think one of my most memorable cat moments was at Golden State like two years ago and like he was like a defensive perimeter beast like he kept switching on Curry and like defended him super well out in like Curry land like 25-26 feet away and like he didn't skip a beat like he was locked in like he has the potential to be a defensive player and we thought it was going to be there a lot of us myself included pretty much everyone had pegged him as the guy, the young big man you want, like the NBA um, GM polls, were like, yeah, cat's the dude. Now everyone says, obviously, it's AD. AD had we can't even talk about how great AD was, but um, yeah, it's there's a, there's some uncharted territory and untapped potential. I guess is the buzz term I'm going to use there. I, 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 obviously, like I like you said, um, you you have to have to have to keep him happy and do whatever. Like he's your franchise. Um, just quickly. Does the fact that he hasn't missed any games? Because obviously, like Devin Booker took the money, but do you think Mm. Cat is hesitant to sign this? Like he's like, oh, I don't care about the extension. I've never missed a game. I'm never gonna get hurt. And like he hasn't even really had a scare. (laughs) Like he's been in the locker room like three times like in his career. Yeah, yeah.
2: The hubris of youth. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, maybe that that plays in. Sure, because if a guy like I think that's part of the reason we saw. Uh, Paul George opt for continuity in a long-term deal because when you have that injury, suddenly you start looking ahead and realizing oh boy, uh, you know, one play can can change everything. Yeah. Um, plus yeah, even if he gets hurt, unless it's something completely devastating, he's probably still going to get close to a max deal from someone who recognizes his potential. So I, I don't think there's a ton of risk for him to not do the do the extension, especially if he's not thrilled with the direction of the franchise and or thinks he could he could make up any difference in salary uh, through endorsement deals or something in a bigger city. So there's always a lot of factors that go into it. Uh, but it is interesting, as you said, to, to see him not, Take, do that extension where guys like like Aaron Gordon did one that was a pretty good deal for the magic uh, booker took the max um so we'll we'll see I think in the next couple of weeks we should have some clarity is there a deadline on this do you know uh, when's when, the
1: day before the season something like that
2: okay uh, yeah um,
1: something it's something like late October
2: but yeah, it's interesting that he that he hasn't said yes you know
1: yeah 82, 82, 82, 35 minutes per game, 82 starts. Ugh, oh, so so delicious. But yeah, his yeah. numbers did come down last year. And we, we're still, he's locked and loaded at number two for us, right?
2: For, yes yeah. yeah i i'm still sort of flirting with him as number one <laughs> honestly yeah. I don't, I, I don't the durability it. i can't do i know ad yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, a, is a winning lottery ball but uh, yeah i don't know
1: yeah he's locked in for two for me uh, especially we talked about the lack of big men again this the Marcus uh Marcus smart uh <laughs> i wanted to see some new blood in the celtics land but not going to happen so obviously smart we know the deal if you're playing field goal percentage sure think about him but I don't know. That's, I wanted to see some Jabari Bird or somebody else get some minutes, but not going to happen. He's back.
2: Yeah, especially with Kyrie returning. Hayward's going to have the ball in his hands. So Smart's minutes might go down, and the percentages are poisonous.
1: Are so. you? In a, I'm pretty much off Celtics except for Horford.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I'd have to give that more thought before... Fully, (laughs) fully adhering to that. But yeah, it's gonna be tough because Kyrie's name brand. People are gonna draft him pretty high. Uh, Jalen Brown, I I might target a little bit. Tatum Uh, possibly. Uh, Yeah, and Horford. Round four. That's too
1: high for me. Yeah, too high. But with Hayward there, like that's other guys. Like I'd much rather have Lowry.
2: Yeah, if these guys fall, I might go for him. But Lowry was one pick after. Even Horford, I'm not going to aggressively target, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah,
1: like fourth, like late,
2: mid-fourth. Yeah, too much, down too much depth.
1: He was yeah. not fun to own for the second half of the season.
2: Yeah, no blocks, his boards fell off. Yeah, I wasn't super impressed.
1: Right. And then also, we are going to start a mock draft soon. So we'll get some, we had some listeners in there that actually killed it. Um, a lot of the listeners, I loved how they drafted. So you guys are awesome, best fantasy audience on, on the planet. Um, so yeah, hit me uh, hit me up if you want to get down. We'll we'll do some more. Maybe we'll get more listeners in this next one.
2: Um, should be fun. Yeah, I got a dynasty mock coming up too. So maybe we'll, maybe I'll we'll try to plug in some some listeners there if uh, if if, if the crew can't all make it.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're gonna get out of here on that. You guys enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the NBA downtime. We're gonna pretty much stick with the Monday Thursday schedule from here until training camp, pretty much uh, unless there's an emergency or something like that. Maybe we'll do a big hour-long Carmelo pod. Now, <laughs> right. So we're out of here on that. You guys, take care. Thanks for going on, man.
2: Sure thing, Mike.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.